Welcome to Kill the Cat. In this episode, we're looking at the 2018 horror film A Quiet Place and how it creates a great movie monster that is deeply connected to its characters and theme. Spoilers ahead, but now enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show. We are talking about A Quiet Place today. Um, And specifically, we're talking about how to make a movie monster. Um, It's a topic that's been covered a little bit here and there. Most people when talking about this movie tend to talk about sound design or the script. Yes. This is one of my favorite, like, screenplays. Mm. And I wanted to talk about it for ages. Even the original one, which is only 68 pages long. There was a lot of buzz about it because it, it, like, broke screenplay rules of having, like, pictures in there and different fonts. Um, And they did fun things of, like, the original character that John Krasinski plays is, like, walking across. And he, like, is trying to sneak. And they say it's the longest walk of his life and then there's like 30 feet away next page 20 feet away next page so they used blank space in like a really interesting way mm-hmm. and as interesting as that is i felt like a lot of other people talked about that and a lot of other people talked about sound design and mm. we try to come in to our episodes with something new to talk about ideally that hasn't been covered a million times before and then we thought about what about talking about the monsters specifically the monsters in a quiet place Mm -hmm. and how they serve the story and the theme and the world. And just generally how to create a good horror monster because there's lots of people who write monster scripts and a lot of them don't always hit the mark. Yeah, so let's let's dive into how to build your own movie monsters. All right, so the first point I would say for anyone designing a monster is actually to not show us the monster itself because the thing that makes monsters scary is not actually the monster itself because any monster that's going to kill you is basically as scary as the other monster that's going to kill you right like it doesn't matter if you're watching alien predator uh it follows or a quiet place if the monster if the threat is that the monster is going to kill you they're all kind of on the same level but actually what makes a monster really interesting is the culmination of all the risks that it poses to the character and so that links into your themes that links into who the characters are themselves And like from the outset of A Quiet Place, we're set up with, you know, the greatest risk for this isn't the character like losing their own lives. It's actually for the parents losing a child or for, you know, children's living is losing a sibling. It's basically losing loved ones. Um, They establish this in the very early scenes as to how suddenly it can happen. A single sound, the toy rocket, and they lose their son. We also see there's an old man uh, a little bit into the film who basically gives himself up to the monster because he's lost his wife. As the movie progresses, then we also see how that guilt impacts the characters. Also, you know, the whole theme of this movie is around communication. And so we see how communication is affected. And then we also get like real practical things. We see the practical ways they have to live to stay silent for this monster. You know, they're eating from leaves. They don't have cutlery. Um, They've got sand paths everywhere that they need to go. They've set up all these lights to like signal it for the upcoming, you know, birth that's about to happen. They have to fish and they have to farm to get enough food. They have all the safe floorboards in the house marked to know where to step so that it doesn't creak. Uh, And all these cameras throughout so that they can track, you know, if there are monsters where it is and where everyone else is. Yeah, so this world is just really well thought out. And one of Mm. the things that stick with us are often 
scenarios we can imagine ourselves in is It Follows, I mm. think had such like a cult following when it came out. Because it is very easy to put yourself in that situation of what would I do mm. um, if that happened to me? Or we had like Squid Game was a yeah. recent one where everyone was talking about how well they do in Squid Game. And then this is like, could you stay quiet? Mm. And really smart choice in this movie is it begins about a year in, which yeah. the movie timeline starts in 2020, a big disaster hits the world. And then we <laughs> fast forward to 2021 <laughs> and see how life is going. <laughs> the monster is COVID. That was the theme all along. You can watch this as a quarantine film. Like it's a family trying to survive yeah. without a lot of contact to the outside world and going out is dangerous. Mm, Obviously it wasn't written that way. In the screenplay, they had like even more detail, like how do you go to the bathroom when, you know, there's no running water because that's too loud and how do they deal with that? And, yeah. and this just felt really well thought out about how these people would live. Mm. So when you're saying don't show us the monster, show us the effects. The yeah. effects is don't make sound or it will kill you. We're mm-hmm. showing that with the little boy. We're showing that with a raccoon. Yeah. <laughs> Poor raccoon. Yeah, I think it sets the stakes really high. Like, yeah, we will kill this small child. Anyone can die from this. Anyone can die, including the kids, including the baby. There's also a really, uh, like, the very famous note from Alien was like, you know, and Jaws as well, was mm. they didn't show the monster a lot because of in Jaws, the shark just didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> and in Alien, like, they just weren't sure that the, you know, animatronic would actually sell uh, if you showed it properly on screen. And so they kept it in the shadows. Uh, this movie does reveal the monster pretty fully in good lighting towards the end but actually in the first part we kind of see it very quickly like run kill the child um or, and it kind of just flashes across the screen but it's that thing of like the less you show us of the monster the scarier it is and if we're engaging with the characters they're the ones that are going to tell us how scared we should be and yeah i think that brings us nicely into our next point which was you you put in your notes to have simple rules and difficult solutions. Yeah. So this has become a thing, I think, in modern horror where simplicity has kind of become like the catch cry of monsters. And like simple monsters let the audiences understand the rules of engagement with that monster very quickly. And so you can then focus on more of the tension than the exposition. And, you know, primarily horror is about how you can make your audience feel. A good horror film should scare your audience. It should make them feel tense. It should build anxiety for them. Like you're just playing with that constantly. And so the less exposition you have to do about what the monster is, uh, even in the second Quiet Place movie, we don't get a backstory for the monsters. We don't find out where they've yes, come from or who so they are. That is so nice. I yeah. like that so much. My least favorite note on scripts is like world building when mm. you have scripts like this. I've started to talk a lot now about like what is good and bad feedback. Bad mm. feedback for this movie is, but where did the monsters come from? And like, doesn't matter because the family doesn't know. And, and it's better that we don't know. But yeah, it's simple rule. If you make noises, they're going to come and try to kill you. Yeah. And they build on that a bit with small noises are okay. Yeah, if there's like other noises to drown it out. So when you're by yeah. the river, you can make small noises. You're under a waterfall, you can yell. If a baby is coming and a woman is in labor, you can set off fireworks. Yeah, and, and so... they can't kill them. They also set that up. Yeah, they, they've got the armor plating and so it's like they're just kind of impenetrable and immune to anything. Yeah, so it's that it's those simple rules of like it has super hearing... But it can't see, which is an important note. And so you can be next to it, but you have to stay dead silent because it, it'll hear any sound you make. 
And if you look at other movies, like in It Follows, right, the monster is passed on through sex. And so, and it's going to slowly follow its target unless they pass it on to someone else. And so that's a very simple rule to engage with. In Bird Box, if you see the monster, then you will kill yourself or you'll go crazy and make others look at it. And so this is kind of becoming a thing that's become pretty common in monster movies. And by having a simple rule, it means that as the movie goes on, you do reveal more things about the monster. So the movie poses a question early on of like, what is the weakness? That's what they're trying to figure out. And the daughter slowly realizes that actually the feedback from her hearing aid will interact with the monster's super hearing, essentially stun them. And if when she puts it through the um, radio system and actually blasts the feedback noise, it end up really hurting the monster and it loses like the panels on its head and then they can shoot it in the head and it kills the monster. I really like how that's the last moment of the movie. Mm. It's Emily Blunt readying the gun (laughs) and they cut. And I think a less restrained movie would like go out and like start to have them like killing them all or. Yeah. uh, Which isn't. Like, no, that's, that's not, not the what, thrust what became, of this movie. I think that would be boring. I think mm. if we go see them kill monsters, that gets boring. Yeah. We're talking about those difficult solutions to the simple rules. The, like, fun intention of this movie is, oh, think about all the ways you make noise mm. in your regular life. We're going to take all of that away. Yeah. How do you survive? Mm. And I think that brings us into our next point of once you have that, How do you make that situation as difficult for your characters as possible? Yeah. Baby. I mean, yeah. Pregnancy and baby. If you need to not make a sound, having a baby in the picture at all, let alone then a woman having to give birth to that baby. Mm. So labor is just the first step because you Mm. can't tell a baby not to cry. You can't tell a baby to be quiet. You also then have a deaf child who can't mm. actually hear the sounds nearby or can't hear if there's threats nearby to her. She can't hear if she makes a sound. Um, so that's also then a big threat. Um, the little boy is really scared. Um, so coward is harsh. I think he's reacting very normally. <laughs> quite realistically yeah, to this situation. But he's really scared. And John Krasinski's character, um, their names are Lee and Evelyn, but I always think of them as John Krasinski and Emily Blunt because they don't say their names in the movie. No, it's for me, it's the father, the mother, the daughter, the son, yeah. the baby. Yeah, so now Lee has to teach his son how to survive in this world. Mm. And his son is terrified and doesn't want to learn. Yeah. In this screenplay, they had a dog as well. Um, it didn't really go anywhere. I see why they cut it. Mm. But just to add more tension and stakes. Yeah, which it would do. In my in my head canon, there are no animals left. Yeah, because they, they, they couldn't stay quiet. No. Yeah. And like, you don't see any animals except, like, the raccoons and they die. Yeah. you got fish in the stream. There's not a ton of animals running around the forest because no. the monsters would kill them. Yeah, and I think I kind of noted this as, like, you want to have the right peril for the right protagonists, right? Like, it's all about designing, like, who are the characters that are going to be best suited, not necessarily to take on the monsters, but for the narrative that the monsters tell. Um, So having a woman who's about to give birth, deaf child who can't hear, again, really connected with a monster that is all about hearing and sound. And so... You know, it's like the hero is only as good as the villain. And so in this case, if you build a connection between both your protagonists and the kind of peril they're going to face from the monster, that becomes a really engaging monster for your audiences and for your film. Yeah, like just 
giving a couple of other examples. We got we talked about It Follows. So it centers around like a young woman who's beginning to explore sex for the first time. And you know, the dangers around sex and STIs, like the monster is essentially a stand-in for an STI. Yeah. Uh, we have The Thing, which was all like a metaphor for like McCarthyism and like witch hunts. So what do you do? You take a group of men, you take a monster that can imitate any of them and you isolate them. And that's how you get the paranoia of the thing. So this ties back into theme, which I think everything should. We haven't spoken about theme at all. I don't know what you're talking about. So right pair for the right protagonists. So you have a world, and we talked about now like the practicalities of not being able to make a sound, how to make that hard, pregnant woman, deaf daughter, young Mm -hmm. kids. What theme? What do you want to say? And this film is really about the breakdown of communication. So we talked about this little boy who dies in the beginning. So what happens there is the deaf daughter wants to give him a toy. It's a toy that makes sounds. The batteries have been taken out. No one sees when the little boy takes the batteries and put them back in. It's no one's fault, but the daughter, Regan, blamed herself and believes her father blamed her. So that is the miscommunication that's happening. And throughout the film, he's trying to show affection to her. He's trying to build her hearing aids, even though she doesn't know that. And then he finally gets to the waterfall with his son. And the son is like, have you told her lately that Mm. you love her? Yeah. She doesn't know, which is when we get to the climax, Lee finally says, I love you. I've always loved you through sign language, which is when he makes a sound Mm. and gets the monster to come for him. And they defeat the monster at the end by Regan finding the hearing aids, hearing her father's love for her. Mm -hmm. And then they get to beat the monster. Yay. A Quiet Place, yes, it's literally about a group of characters that stay quiet, Mm. but it's also they are staying quiet about their feelings and affections for each other, which need to be spoken out loud. They're also staying quiet about the guilt that a lot of them are carrying. Like, Regan doesn't say it. Dad doesn't say it. Emily Blunt's character doesn't say it until later on when they've got the baby, where she just talks about, you know, she's like, I should have been carrying him. Yeah. And I should I could have carried him. And yeah. Who are we if we can't protect them? Which mm. it goes back to that thing of like, what's the worst thing that could happen in this world? Is losing a child. Yeah. And it happens in the first five minutes. Yes. The stakes are set up. So I think if I was going to design a movie monster, this is not where everyone would start. I would start with my theme because mm. that's like where I like to start for stories and be like, what theme do I want to explore? Do I want to explore communication? Do I want to look at paranoia or like the Duke is all about, you know, postpartum depression. Mm. Um, it follows us about SDIs and the dangers of sex. And I would design a movie monster around that. Mm. Everyone might not start there. Some people might have a cool idea such as if I had a monster that targeted noise, yeah, they might start there. Okay. Yeah. You have that cool idea. What theme connects to that monster? One of the weirdest questions I get asked about screenwriting is what's more important, plot or character? Same thing. Your plot should come from your character and their growth and your theme. Mm-hmm. They're not two separate things. And if you're worried about like who your story should be about, who is the most interesting person for this particular story to happen to? Yeah. It's a great place to start. Well, that's exactly it, right? So, like, if you come up with a monster that can hear you but can't see you, okay, so then you think about, well, what are the things that you need to be able to hear for? Communication, talking, that's the biggest loss you're going to face. And what happens when a breakdown in communication happens? Who are the people who most need to communicate? A family, a family with kids. Then you start thinking about what are the perilous situations we can throw them into? 
Um, we haven't talked about the grain silo yet. Yeah. But yeah, just that idea of, okay, you're in a grain silo. If you move, you're going to make noise and attract the monsters. If you don't move, you're going to like essentially drown or mm. suffocate in this grain. Yeah. That's one of my favorite sequences. It's just like it's there and it builds so much tension for the movie. And it's another thing going on in amongst childbirth and a baby. And then ah, they have a safe place with the baby and then immediately floods. And yeah. Emily Blunt wakes up to see there's a monster in the room next to the baby. And she's like, Ugh. And just um, check off snail. The moment you see that nail come you're up, like, you're you like, know what's going to happen. Someone is going to step on that nail. There is going to be a foot going straight onto that. Which goes back to the idea of like, when do we make noise? When we're in pain. Mm. When we're running away. Mm. Little things like even when they're playing Monopoly and accidents happen, they knocked over a lantern by accident. Yeah. So considering all of that and then wrapping that all up in theme and character growth mm. and then have your climax and your defeat of the monster... It's kind of where It Follows goes off the rails for me in the third act. I, people can disagree with me with that. Um, is thematically, how do I beat this monster? He's going to say, he's going to tell Regan he loves her and makes noise to sacrifice himself. That leads to her finding the hearing aids. That leads to the monster's defeat. And look, you can apply these lessons even if you don't want a monster, if you just want a villain or an antagonist. Well, I think... Natural the, disaster. I think the reality is that these lessons aren't exclusive to horror, right? Like, they go back to any film you want to make it's about pairing like where whatever you're starting with if you're starting with a character you know well then think about thematically what's going to be the biggest challenge for them and then what's the environment that you can throw them into as an example like liar liar right it's about a guy whose kid wishes that he's not going to be able to tell a lie anymore who's the perfect character for that a lawyer? Yeah, and a pretty crappy lawyer. Well, yeah. he's good at what he does, but yeah, morally... Yeah, he's a crappy person. Yes. Okay, so a lawyer can't tell a lie anymore. That's brilliant. I think my takeaway for this and just any writing is like, whatever you're starting with, focus on design. If you're starting with a protagonist, focus on designing an antagonist that is the best suited for them. If you have an antagonist, if you have a monster... Focus on finding the character that is best suited f to deal with that monster or to suffer under that monster. Because again, as I said at the start, like the monster is not the thing that is scary, but the thing is, is that is scary is the risk that it poses to your protagonist and the culmination of all those risks. And that's how you get a quiet place. That was our episode on A Quiet Place and how to create a movie monster. If you'd like to keep up to date with the podcast, make sure you click follow or subscribe on whichever platform you're on. And if you have the time, leave us a review or tell a friend. It helps us grow the show and bring you more episodes, like our very special upcoming series, Marvel Madness. More info on that soon. You can find us on Instagram or Facebook, so feel free to drop in and say hi and share your thoughts. Until next time, this has been... Kill the cat. <sighs> Fuck you, plane. Go away. Very important podcast. We got a plane. We got rain. We got... Pain. Yes. But that's internal. That yeah. doesn't interrupt the podcast. It, doesn't, it fuels yeah, the right. podcast. <laughs>